Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the sports betting network. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. Week 17 tonight in Tennessee. Who's playing for Tennessee? It's a mash unit. It's all the way up to 13 and a half with Dallas on the road. Plenty more on that to come. We're about to debut a brand new game. Elliot Bauman, our producer's brainchild. No way, no doubt. Before we do, maybe give the Denver Broncos fans a little hope here, Michael. Before we get into the game, quickly wanted to mention you were complimentary about what the owner of the Broncos had to say about the changes happening in Denver. I mean, I haven't heard an owner talk like that. Uh, I've, I've never heard an owner talk about comparing the head coaching position to a CEO, to uh, needing leadership, needing accountability, not so much as the X's and O's as finding somebody who can command the organization and set it up. I I think it was fascinating. I I applaud him. I I think he's going to have a hard time finding candidates because the league has been conditioned and, and forced to go down your play caller role. Look at your sheet. Look at your sheet. Don't worry about the game. We got other people to do that for you. It's going to be challenging to find. It'll be interesting to see who's on his list. But I think it to me, NFL jobs are not about who your quarterbacks are. It's about who's your owner. And when you get a really good owner who understands how to build something that relates to culture and alignment, you got a chance. Okay, let's do it. So of course one of Michael's catchphrases is no doubt. No doubt. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you a statement from one of the biggest news items across the NFL. If you disagree, you'll say, no way. If you agree with it, no doubt. Russell Wilson will be the starting quarterback for a playoff team under a new head coach in Denver. No way, no doubt. No way. This isn't fixable. This isn't fixable. I mean, it's fixable to, to kind of position, but just go back and watch the game. I mean, one of the things that drives you crazy is when a quarterback starts to move around in the pocket when there's protection. I mean, Carr did this a lot. Why just stay in the pocket, move up in the pocket, make a throw? You know, Wilson, stay in the pocket, move up, make a throw. All of a sudden he's going right, going left. Oh, no, I got nowhere to go. I get sacked. So to me, those are things that are hard to correct. 
And because he's lost athleticism, there's no ignition you're going to turn, plus the fact that he has no relationship with his teammates. He's so distant from them. I think what Shannon Sharp said on his show is true. He treats himself like a diva, and the team resents him. That 51-point whooping by the Rams was as much as him coming back in the lineup and nobody really wanting him back in the lineup. No chance on a playoff team. Okay, George Patton, or Peyton, pardon me, said, I don't think we made a coaching hire based on Russ. That's not what this is all about. That's not why we're getting a new coach to turn Russ around. It's about the entire organization. It's about the entire football team. It's not just one player. It's not whether Russ is fixable or not. We do believe he is. We do. So George Payton obviously watching a different game than the rest of us. Can I add to that? There, There is somebody, and I won't mention his name, that said, you know, you just have to find an offense for Russ that to come back and give him the loose place. Like, I love when people say that. You know, people say, well, they got to put him in the right offense. Then answer the question, what is the right offense? You want to run the sprint offense? Do you want to run the, the veer? I mean, like, that's a ridiculous statement. What offense is predicated on loose plays? What offense is predicated on him running around? That's not an offense. That's just a series of plays. He can't run the offense because he don't want to get hit. That's fact. He don't want to get We said it this summer. 183 yards rushing was the lowest in his career last year. It wasn't it wasn't Seattle's lack of How many years have we heard we got to get Russ in the right offense? How many years have we heard that, right? Okay. And, 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 and every one. time the, and it Go never ahead. changes. So it's got to be Russ. We start off with one, no way, no way, no doubt. Remember, you disagree, no way, you agree, no doubt. Tua shouldn't start another game this season for the Dolphins. No way, or do you agree, no doubt? No doubt, I agree. I I think he should take some time. I mean, look, they've got a good team, and and this concussion thing has got long legs to it. Luke Keekly. You know, Jarvid Best. I mean, you've got to be careful here. I'm not trying to say he's injury prone. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that he's concussion prone. What I'm suggesting is he needs some time. And he needs time to clear his head, get himself going. Because the last thing you want to do is put him in a game against a good team like the Jets and have him get hit again, and now he has another. You don't want to do that. You want to take the year. and, and, And if we make the playoffs, maybe by, you know, by some miracle or we win, we can beat we can beat the next two teams with, with, with what we have, you know, and then next year evaluated. I think there's no doubt he should not play. Nice. That's a great tag at the end there, Michael Lombardi. I'm going to do this one a little Thank bit you, differently. Patrick. Thank you. <laughs> Derek Carr will be the starting quarterback for the Raiders in 2023. I'm going to switch this up a little bit. Derek Carr will be the starting quarterback for the Raiders in 2023. No way or no doubt. No way. They've moved on. I mean, they've made that decision. If they thought he was going to be the starting quarterback in 2023, they wouldn't mind guaranteeing the $40 million. The the contract, the way they set the contract up was basically, we don't know know you, you don't know us. So why don't we work together to figure out, if you play well, we'll have you, and here's a contract that's fair. And if you don't play well, you're going to become a free agent, and here's your freedom. And so 20, once this decision was made that, look, we're done, we're, it's, we're moving on. And, and I think people have to understand this a little bit, too, on the car. I don't think this was all this administration's decision. Remember, there was talking of replacing Carr with Brady. Mm-hmm. Like, this has been going on. There's an element within the Raider organizational structure, whether they're still there or not, 
that have felt that they can't get to where they need to go with Carr. Like, this wasn't just, oh, Josh came in and said, I don't want Carr. Like, no, no, no. Josh, when he went to Denver, made that mistakes and got rid of Cutler. I think this is a different McDaniels. He came in, he said, okay, I've had this conversation with him, so I'm speaking from authority. Josh, you go in there, you got to see what you got. Once you figure out what you have, then you make your move. But you've since you have a long-term contract, you've got time to sort through this. Never get rid of a player until you know who he is. And I think that's what they did here. So when they made this decision in 2023, there's no way he's the quarterback there next year. This will not be a Garoppolo, oh, we're getting ready to come back. No, I don't think that's the case. No doubt. Well done. No way. Carson, I'm sorry. No, no, well done. Carson Wentz gives the Washington Commanders a better chance to make a playoff push than Taylor Heineke. No way or no doubt. That this is somewhere in between. I'm going to go no doubt. I think they have to take the same approach with Wentz that they took with Heineke. Limit what he does. Try to run the ball. Try to use his legs a little bit more. Try to get him involved in the run game a little bit. And then limit the some of the bad plays. Get him to throw the ball. He gives them a better chance to win this week, next week, and then when they if they get in the playoffs. They need his arm. They need his power. They need his athleticism. Heineke can only get you so far. So that one you had you debated. No doubt. Wentz, Heineke. No doubt there was a debate. But you went well, with I don't no love doubt. either guy. You know, and I yeah. was a Wentz fan for a long time. I loved Wentz. I thought he was really good, but Wentz hasn't been the same player. Let's be clear. Yeah, the injuries have certainly debilitated him back to Derek Carr have you thought about what might be a good fit for him moving forward if it's no way with the Raiders <laughs> I love that uh you know I said somebody said I said it on my podcast so, you know some 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 genius with an eraser said well he's never played for a top 10 deep top 20 defense all the defenses have been bad did Marino ever play for a top 10 defense I mean I'm asking like seriously he made the playoffs he's in the hall of fame like winning takes care when you've only had two winning seasons as a starting quarterback in the NFL, and you're 63, 79, and 1, I mean, there's some issues here. You're not making enough plays. That's the reality. It's not about the offense. Like, I think Carr, effectively, maybe he's better with Gruden's offense. He threw it down the field more than he is with McDaniels. But maybe McDaniels' offense is too burrisome and puts too much on the quarterback. I don't know. But I don't think this is about offensive design, Patrick. Okay, well, I'll just read a tweet for you, and you can react to it. This is from, let's see, oh, Dan Orlovsky. The Raiders have the 32nd-ranked defense since Carr entered the league, has never played on a team that ranked better than 20th on defense. Someone next year is going to get a top-12 player at the position. Man! Man. I mean, does he, he doesn't watch tape. He just clearly, he's one of these guys that puts video up there to make it look like he's watching tape. But there's a difference between watching tape and studying tape. And there it is right there. I'll leave it right at that. He watches tape. He doesn't study tape. I like to read people's tweets. Bella. Bella can watch tape. Bella's a dog. I'm aware of that. Smart one, too. She can watch tape. That's a She'll tremendous there, breed. She'll snore. She she watches every single game of a Sunday. Snores are snores like crazy. She watching, but you know she doesn't study tape. There's a difference. Yeah. This is what we have with Twitter today. We have a lot of people that watch tape. They don't study tape because they don't know what they're studying. 
They don't understand it. This guy played quarterback in the NFL. You're telling me the throw to Mike Tomlin out of bounds is a top 12 quarterback throw when he's got an in-cut wide open? You're telling me the throw to Devontae Adams on the three-yard line for a first down and he throws a pop fly? Come on. You're not watching. You're not studying the tape. You're just watching it. No, he's not just telling you that. He's telling you that emphatically. Someone next year is going to get but a he top said that about, I mean, the position. Remember Man. when he attacked Justin? He attacked. He said Justin Fields is going to lead teams to Super Bowls. I mean, I don't. This guy just says stuff. Like I think what he should do is okay. He should go to Indianapolis with Jeff Saturday in the park, and those two should form an allegiance together. Bring Carr in there, and let's let's watch them work it out. Top twelve feels arbitrary. I don't know. Just throwing a number. I had him in my top 10 last year with a start the season. His numbers were really good. But being a top 12, does that mean you're going to win a Super Bowl? What about winning? Does that matter at all to him? No way. No way, no, way, no, no doubt. doubt. Tremendous debut. Good job, Elliot. When we come back, professional handicapper Mike Samich joins us. He's got plenty of plays today. That's next. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never 
going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM is the sponsor of the Lombardi Line. So, of course, we're presented by BetMGM. It's the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com or download the newly reconfigured app right now. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue, 21 years or older. So, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, of course, Michael Lombardi, the Lombardi Line. I'm Patrick Maher. We're going to bring in professional handicapper, RacingDudes.com, Mike Samich. I mentioned at the beginning of the show that Thomas Gable, I'm the gatekeeper for his picks that VEASAN pros get. Mike Samich <laughs> has agreed when he has a play that stands out that he will then text those to me. I text them over to Elliot or Bill AD. They get added to the sheet for VEASAN pros. So just a note, remember, I'm the gatekeeper for some of these very sharp guys as we say hi to Mike Samich, and we'll start here. Of course, we're up the 13 and a half with Tennessee just trying to survive to get to week 18 at Jacksonville. You like to start, Samich, Dak over a touchdown and a half tonight. Yeah, this is a, a wild game. I can't remember a similar game in, in my all my NFL watching, at least, where you have one team, uh, Tennessee, where this game means absolutely nothing to them. Their whole season's riding next week on whether or not they can win the division. And you got Dallas, who, who needs this game. It's going to be interesting to see what type of game plan we see from Tennessee. I would expect it to be extremely vanilla. They're banged up in the secondary. They've got a rookie quarterback out there on a short week. I don't think we're going to see too much from them, but this 13 and a half number is is massive for a Thursday night game. So I don't want to lay the 13 and a half, but Dak Prescott getting over one and a half passing touchdowns looks pretty good to me. You should shop around for it. You can get anywhere from minus 115 to minus 145 on it. But when you look at Dak, he's only missed this three of the 10 games he's played. Two of those three games were his first two games of the season. One of them was against uh, Tampa Bay in the opener when he had no offensive line. And the second one was his second, his first game back from injury. So he's really been rolling seven of the last eight. He has gone over this prop. I, I, I think this should be closer to minus 200. So if I can get anywhere between 115, 145, I'm going to take a stab here with, da- with uh, Dak over one and a half passing touchdowns. I, I like it. I, I love it. I think he'll come out in the first half, and I think this is – because it's a preseason game for Tennessee and Josh Dobbs is going to start. And, you know, I, I think if you're McCarthy, look, let's just get this thing. Let's put this thing away early. And the weakness of Jacksonville, excuse me, the weakness of Tennessee has been their secondary. When they can't get pressure, when they can't rush four and get there, uh, their secondary gets exposed. And without Jeffrey Simmons, without Bud Dupree, it's going to be hard. This Cowboy offensive line, I thought, was starting to play good against Philadelphia. I know Sweat got the interception off the, off the bootleg, but – I think they'll I think they'll throw the ball effectively at least in the first half tonight, and then I think they back off. I 100% agree with you. I actually looked at a lot of the first half props and bets as well. You, you can get minus three first quarter Dallas, which I like a little bit. There's one other prop that you can find in the game props where Dallas has to win the first quarter and the first half, and that's currently sitting at minus 110. I think that's worth throwing a couple shekels on as well. If you look, I think they're minus 280 in the first quarter, minus. 
340 in the first half, somewhere around there. So if you can get minus 110 for winning the first quarter and the first half, I think that's a pretty solid play with Dallas's side as well. Because I, I agree with you, Michael. I think they jump out of the gate here, and then they absolutely shut it down in the second half. Yeah, and Michael liked the lane three in the first quarter, and Will Hill liked lane se- seven and a half in the first half. Just to note, Samich went 3-0 and last week on his picks. Also, he brought up nine tease opportunities that we highlighted on a graphic, and all nine of those tease opportunities, Samich went 9-0, and so tremendous job there. Yeah, heck of a week for those teasers. It's, I wish we could take advantage of it again this week, but the, the key to last week when we discussed it on the show was the lines and the totals specifically. You had a bunch of games total between 32 and 40 points. When you have those lower totals, teasers become so much more valuable because you can move a line by six points, which in a lot of cases is 17% of the total. If you can move a line that much, you have a much better shot of hitting those long teaser legs. And, and last week was a wonderful example. I ended up going 9-0 and on those teaser legs. So you had those in round robins. If you had a bigger teasers going, it was a very profitable teaser week. Not quite as good this week. There's a couple games on the board that you could tease. I, I like Pittsburgh teasing them up from two and a half to eight and a half, but I'd rather just bet them plus three if I can get them plus three at some point during the week. So I haven't started any teasers with them. The only other game that's interesting to me would be teasing up Cleveland from two to eight, the total sitting at 40 and a half there. I, but I don't really trust Deshaun Watson right now. I went back and watched the, the games that he started and he he just looks off. It, you know, it's been a year and a half since he played, so it's not that surprising. But it's tough to trust them in a teaser leg, especially when you have Carson Wentz coming back in, who not the best quarterback in the world, but creates a high variance style game. He will push the ball down the field, which could create some more points for the commanders. Yeah, I, I mean, that's interesting. I, I, I don't like the Bra- – I mean, Watson has really struggled. But I think your point's really well taken, and I think it's a betting tip here. What, the, you're, you, what you're doing is marrying the teaser number up to the total. And so, like we talk about, like, like for example, I think tonight it's what? The Cowboys are 14-point favorites, you know, and the total's 40. I mean, that's a kind of a hard, right? So, mm-hmm. now Josh Dobbs is starting a lot of plays, so they might not score at all. But I think that's where you have to really pay attention to the number and the total. That's where I exactly. get my variance every week from. Exactly. You're looking to take advantage. You want those six points to be as valuable as possible. And the lower the total is, the more valuable those points become. And so that's that's when you can really be aggressive with those teasers. Last week of the season is going to be tough. You don't really want to play games where you, you're not sure who's going to be in and, and the motivation from some teams. So this might be one that you want to put in your pocket and save till next year. But we have those big weather weeks and those totals drop. It's a great week to play teasers. Okay, let's go Jets at Seattle. Mike White under center for Gang Green here. You're going to lay the two with the Jets. I'm not surprised this one came up as one of my better plays of the week. I had, I had this one sitting around 3.5 for the Jets. Um, the, the difference between Zach Wilson and Mike White to me, we highlighted it the last two weeks. I had Jacksonville last week on Thursday. I just think that there's a massive gap between the two, three and a half, four and a half points. And, and the market doesn't agree. They had it about half point last week, moved up to about a point and a half, it looks like. But that's still not enough of an adjustment in my mind. Uh, on top of that, look, this is just a Seattle team that's going in the wrong direction. We talked about their defense last week uh, and how they've got a bunch of rookies that are playing that seem to have hit that rookie wall. They can't stop the run. The Jets should be able to move the ball on the ground. A little concerned about the offensive line. But I trust Mike White to be able to get the job done here. We'll see if Seattle's going to be able to score. But this, this is one of those spots where I just think the line's wrong because the adjustment's not big enough for the movement from Zach Wilson over to Mike White. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, the Mike White carries it. You know, and Seattle hasn't played well at home. Everybody, first thing they say, well, Seattle's playing at home. 
but they haven't won since they beat the Giants there. And they, you know, they play, they were playing well when they beat the Giants. And the next week they went down to Arizona, won that game. And since they went to Germany, they have not played well. Yeah, unfortunately, Geno Smith has really struggled as well. He was he was one of the better stories earlier in the season, but he's really regressed back toward the mean uh, when you look at both QBR and PFF rankings. And so without him playing out of his mind, it means you have to rely on a running game. And, and I'm just not sure they're going to be able to move the ball on the ground uh, against this Jets defense, which is probably the best unit of the four in the game. So I think it's a pretty good spot to lay anything less than three. I'm excited to lay the, the one and a half two here. Okay, next one, and then I'm going to save the last one for the subscribers, so we'll put it on the sheet right after the segment here. But I'll give you one more free play from Samich. You like Arizona catching. You can catch three and a half right now at Atlanta. Yeah, jump on that three and a half. You can get it. When I was looking at this line, it was it was three minus 120 in most places. This is just a spot where I feel like I'm getting the better quarterback in Colt McCoy. I get the better weapons uh, in both Connor and, and uh, New Hopkins on the outside, and I just have not been impressed at all with Ritter so far for, from this Atlanta side. They haven't scored 20 points in six of their last seven games. So if I'm catching three and a half, four points, and I don't think Atlanta's going over 20, that's a lot of points to be able to catch here. I think Arizona's going to have some success moving the ball through the air against this Atlanta defense. If Atlanta or if Arizona is able to put up 17 points, I think this is a pretty safe one to play on. I also like how Arizona's D has been playing. They've gotten healthier as this season's gone along. And as they've gotten healthier and healthier, they've become a better stop unit as well. So I feel like I have the better team on both sides of the ball and I'm catching points here. So I'm going to go ahead and take Arizona plus the three. Yeah, not, good call. I mean, you know, everybody's going to be down on Arizona. I mean, the fact that Arizona went to overtime against the Bucks. With 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 right. Trace McSorley at quarterback is is really somewhat remarkable, right? And the only thing that scares me about this game is if we go back to Trace McSorley again. But I mean, this Atlanta defense is really not good, and you can run the ball in Atlanta. And I'm not sure that the uh, that the Cardinals have flat out quit on on their on their coach yet. Everybody thinks they have, but they didn't play like they quit last week. No, they they played decent, and I you know read right uh, the quarterback took a step forward as well here in his second start, but he throws a lot of passes that just look like they're ready to be intercepted. At Cincinnati, he was able to use his legs to move the ball. He hasn't been able to do that as much here in the NFL so far. You're getting a lot of eight and nine man boxes against this Atlanta front, which makes it harder for Patterson to run as well. Just a tough spot for this Atlanta team coming home here. And you said it, their defense is lousy. They, they had a stretch there where they were playing really good ball. And when they didn't have this offense on tape, defenses didn't know how to react to it. Now we've got a lot of tape on this Atlanta offense, and their defense is not playing well. Combine those two with the fact that, again, Colt McCoy, as long as he plays, again, I'm scared about McSorley as well. But if we get Colt McCoy, we've got the better quarterback, we've got the better offensive weapons, we've got the better defense, and we're catching the points. Uh, sign me up for, for some Arizona here. Okay, Samich hasn't missed in a long time on the show. He's got to play on the Vikings at Green Bay, which will be available for VEASAN pros over at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. RacingDudes.com, Mike Samich. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Thanks, Thank you, guys. Mike. Have a good new year. Great information from our buddy Mike Samich. When we come back, just a great 45 minutes, Mr. Lombardi. We've got Mike Palm and Palm's Pressing 3. That's next. It's Lombardi Line. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. 
Okay, bull season don't stop, and we've got the VEASAN Bull Betting Guide, daily best bets on every game, written previews for every bull game, bull betting tips, including Steve Mackinnon's seven important bull motivational matchups. So again, it's all there. Make sure you check this out before you make a bet on these wildly volatile bull games. VEASAN.com slash subscribe to become a pro. That's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Michael Lombardi there. I'm Patrick Maher. Of course, the big news, well, Josh Dobbs, as Michael told you yesterday, is going to be the starter tonight for the Titans over the rookie Malik Willis. We're up to 13 and a half with Dallas Lane. It we'll get to that in just a bit as we welcome in Mike Palm, of course, Bon Vivant there, Circa and VEASAN host insider. Always great to see Palm. Palm's pressing three coming up in about 11 minutes. But before we get there, just an absolute it's taken. Oh, it's taken over everything. The Circa Survivor Contest has been such a story, Mike Palm. I said that last when it was declared that Tannehill wasn't playing that that last weekend with the, the two windows, the Chris, the, you know, the, the Christmas Eve and the Christmas window would be the greatest survivor weekend of all time. And it, 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 I think it exceeded that statement. And I know Bill A.D., our, our marketing guru and operations head, thought, you know, there was a lot of uh, hyperbole in my statement. But I absolutely believed it because everyone was left with three point favorites to choose from. And there were no clear choices. I mean, you had a stomach uh, Brady on the road and getting down and coming back again to survive uh, uh, through Sunday as well. So now we sit with three. We went from 14 on Thursday night. One was eliminated with the Jets on Thursday night against Jacksonville. A lot of people must be listening to the Lombardi line because five went out with Michael Lombardi's Lions. They were the most popular choice. And, of course, you know, they weren't physically prepared, mentally prepared, emotionally prepared. Three went out with the Titans, the Tennessee Valley. Authority didn't take them out, but Malik Willis did. Uh, one out with the Browns. Uh, that left us with four. You know, three of them, uh, Vikings in the 61-yard field goal. Mad Dog was the only one in the house going into the Christmas Eve game. If, if the Raiders win that game, it's over, and that gentleman would have swept the $6.1 million. But as we know, Derek Carr was Derek Carr, and they marched into Sunday with four, two against a concussion, and a guy, you know, basically 16 hours later went from uh, $6.1 to being out of it. The other three advanced, two of them uh, with Tom Brady, and then one pretty easily on Monday night with the Chargers. So we're sit with three. Michael, I know you asked about who does who do they have left. All three of them have the Lions left this weekend. Uh, Brown A and the enemy within have the Giants as well. All three have Jacksonville. This entry, Brown A, is the only one that still has the Chargers. And I think it's interesting because the Chargers play the Rams, but also next weekend when there's a lot of uncertainty, they're at the Broncos. So... Does he use them this week? Does he save them for next week? There's some interesting things. Could be they all end up on the Lions. Uh, it, it, it could be all end up on the Lions, or uh, if one of them uses the Giants or two of them, then it'll be split. But I don't think there's going to be a chop. There's been some money being wired in for hedging, or as I like to say, it monetizing their position. So here we come, right down to the wire with two weeks to go. Yeah, I mean, that Lions one, look, I watched the Lions-Carolina game. The Lions played nickel the whole game. Even when the even when the Panthers were running the ball, they just stayed in their nickel and they got ran out of town. And if we go back to the last time the Lions played in Chicago, their season was on the line there. And Goff throws that interception inside, and it, and, and they got an illegal penalty, they had illegal uh, contact or defensive holding, whatever you will. And it comes back, and he throws a touch. And they come back from what the thirty-one to seventeen deficit. They win the game, and Fields throws a pick in the second half, a third, fourth quarter, and then they they couldn't do it. So 
that that's a scary one for me. I think the Giants would be the safer play if I had the Giants. I can't imagine that Nick Foles, as bad as he looked on Monday night, is going to be able to handle the Don Martindale blitzes. And I can't. Be, I think it'll be a close game, but I just think the Giants are the better team playing at a higher level. Some intrepid reporting from Mitch Moss. Follow the money with one mad dog. If you'd like to hear that conversation, Mike Palm, you can go to vsin.com. The three that are left in Survivor, do you know any of the contestants? I do not. Um, you know, there's a lot of corporations here, right? I mean, uh, th- from my understanding, there's one gentleman that owns 100% of his ticket. And then the other two might be an amalgamation of people, whether it's two people, three people, six people, which, you know, that happens in Survivor. You get different groups of people together. I know Amal's had partners through the years and because they asked him, not because he asked them. But uh, so uh, I don't know. Uh, one has a proxy, and so is out of state. The other two entries do not have proxies, so at least some part of their their group lives uh, in Nevada that can put the picks in here. I think all three of them will be here this weekend for, uh, as they say, hedging opportunities on these games. Yeah, very cool. And, and so, I mean, that's really the, the and the poor guy that got you know that got eliminated by uh, the Raiders that in that game didn't have an opportunity to hedge, right, Mike? Is that well, what happened? Well, you know, he so f- for that gentleman who's also in Texas. You know, and it was a short window because remember they backed up the Titans an hour. So on Christmas Eve, he had about two and a half hours. He's either going to win six point one million or be one of four people moving forward. I said this at the time. I texted Mitch and Paul. I texted with others. If it was me and I had the ability to get down whatever I could get down, and I had the money, I would have bet two point one million on the Steelers at minus one forty to win one point five. And then if the Steelers win, you win 1.5, and you're still one of four. If the Steelers lose, you win 6.1, you lose 2.1, you walk home with $4 million profit. But, I, you know, he had the interview with Mitch. I don't think he did any of that. I, he said he probably could have got 500000 together to try to get it down with the bookmakers where he is or offshore, whatever. Um, but I don't think he did anything like that. So, but it would, what you, you never find yourself in a position like that again where everybody else goes out with one team. So it's very clear the math. Yeah. The brilliance of these contests is the branding from Circa that crosses state lines. You just mentioned Texas. You're going, this, it's, I mentioned I listened to a Washington station that Michael's often, the sports junkies, often a, a, a guest with them. They talk about the Circa contest all the time. It's just, and like you mentioned, it's no hyperbole. So you think Bill A.D. thought you were using a little hyperbole there, huh? Would you like to expound? Well, no, he wanted a quote <laughs> for that, you know, that daily newsletter that everybody be- becomes a pro so they can get on about the weekend. I mean, he used it like eight <laughs> times over and over and over again. Again, when I That's said... That's a good quote. It's, it's, good it's quote. A good quote. Very, very accurate. Let's, let's talk about the millions for a second because we really haven't talked about that in like six weeks. You know, here we're down to 10 picks left, two weeks. Enut is the leader with 56 points. Second place, a half behind. Third place, a half behind. Second, fourth, a half behind. Third, you know, it's just, it's amazing. The difference between first and 10th is only three and a half points with two weeks to go. Um, And this Enoch finished second on his own in the second quarter, I believe. So he already picked up uh, $60,000 for his second quarter, second place. And now he's in a great position here to try to lock up the top spot. 13 and a half is your your best score so far. 
uh, with two gentlemen at 13 and then six other entries at 12 and a half for the fourth quarter. Five guys at two and 13 for the booby prize, six at two, 12 and one. And then for the overall booby prize for the season, 53 points leads, but three people behind with 52. So close races going into all of this. And I mean, you look at the records for a whole year to go, you know, 55, 23 and two, just amazing. Everybody in the top 10, amazing records. And, and to have these quarterly runs where guys are going 18 and two, you know, 17, two and one, congratulations. But you know, when you get you know, over 4,000 people, sort of the law of big numbers. It's amazing, Mike. It's so hard that when you look at these things, and I typically only do three games that I recommend, it's those, as Matt Humans always talks about on Saturday morning, it's this is my fourth and my fifth pick, you know, and it's hard. And, and, some of the breaks that you don't get, you know, you think you're going to cover. I mean, like that, take that Eagle game. If you took the Eagles last week, third and 39, you're going to get the ball back. You're probably going to score. You're covering that game. They convert a third and 39. Whoever had Dallas wins. I mean, it's, it's really, it's so close to me and it's so hard to figure out that, you know, it's a challenge. And this week, the last 10 games to figure out are going to be even harder because you have to eliminate some games because you just don't know if the teams are motivated to play them. And meanwhile, third and 39, and you have to fumble. I mean, if you don't fumble and you just don't move the ball, Dallas kneels down and you still cover. I mean, so to not yeah. cover the number was brutal. I thought Minshew played well enough to win. He did. I thought he did too. I thought it was the right play, but it's you know. But how many times you keep saying that? You know, you, you, it's hard. You keep saying, "Well, it's the right play," but you lost. I mean, how many right plays that you lose you're going to have? It, that's the hard thing. I think about how hard Maddie's contest is, the Circuit Invitational on Friday nights, uh, and I think we're down to eight now. And me and Maddie, I mean, I think who, it, it depends on because some of them who have got some, eliminated this week, Mike. I Mark forgot Lawrence, to ask. Mark Lawrence got eliminated this past week. Okay, uh, there's still a couple plays on. You can use bowl games anywhere from Saturday to Thursday, so there's still a couple picks out. Chris Felique is in the lead. Doug Kazarian second. I believe I'm tied for third, but I could be fourth. Someone could leapfrog me. It's hard five picks a week, and think we had college. So really, I was only yeah. using three pros or two pros and mixing them up to do five pros. Really tough. It really is. Best thing about these contests forces Mike Palm to say something like Enut is in first place. <laughs> and by the way, if Plumber. you'd like to learn more about the Tennessee Valley Authority, Michael, as you know, the David McCullough biography on Harry Truman uh, explains Wonderful. plenty about that. The Tennessee Valley Authority it was very shady back in the day, but I digress. Thomas Gable had a, a great text to me. He said, who could think that a power company was going to play a major role in the Survivor this year? <laughs> as it did. <laughs> true. It got, it's lit. It's lit. When we come back, of course, Mike Palm. And Palm's pressing three. We wait for it every week. That's next. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. 
Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM is the king of sports books, and they unleash the spirit of Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. So every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Reward Points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. Also, if you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can convert your BetMGM points into reward points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms. It's the greatest loyalty program in the game, I tell you every day. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue, 21 years or older. Okay, Palms Pressing 3 coming up here on the Lombardi Line. Michael Lombardi, I'm Patrick Maher. Mike Palm, of course, joins us. Uh, 75 today for Ted Danson. Were you a Cheers fan, Mike Palm? Huge Cheers fan. Uh, Shelly Long... Much, much, much better than the late lamented Kirstie Alley. I, that debate, Paulie Howard tells me the other way. We had that debate on Twitter. It was like 77-23, the poll. And, you know, Nicholas Colasanto is coach, one of my favorite characters of all time. Nick Colasanto, who directed several episodes of Columbo. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, that's you, you come for the pressing three, you learn much more about old Hollywood. Mary Tyler, okay. Mary Tyler Moore would have been 86 Uh-oh. today, Patrick. Would have been 86 oh, wow. today, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout to MTM. Yeah. MTM. Underrated, maybe. Grant okay. Tinker, uh, uh-huh, you got it. <laughs> let's, let's, let's get to it. Palms pressing three, we start with one. Michael Lombardi doesn't know what's coming, so let's go. Michael, as football fans and betters, who should we be hoping grabs the last available playoff spots in each conference, is there a potential six or seven seed that can win a road playoff game versus a two or three? Or 
is there a team that would be complete roadkill that we should hope gets in so that we can bet against them? Well, I would say in the NFC, I think Detroit poses the most problems because their offense can move the football. And getting beaten by Carolina might have helped them more than hurt them because they, they, it kind of brought them down to earth. And they didn't. now they don't believe they're the greatest team of all time. And that offense can generate a lot of points and can keep up. Now, I don't think they can win because, let's face it, playoff games are always determined by who can execute on defense, who plays great in the red zone, who converts third and short. So I would say Detroit is a team that I don't think would be an easy out. I think they they would lose, but it's not an easy out. In the AFC, I think it has to be Miami, assuming that they have all their players back. Because that offense can score points. It is it is explosive, and it can stay paced. The problem is their defense isn't good. So I've given you two teams that are high offense, bad defense, and that formula doesn't typically work come playoff time. But there is no other choices. I mean, Washington, as good as they've played defensively, they have some limitations. The Giants don't really play good defense. They kind of manage the game with their offense. So the NFC, to me, I don't see a really good team over there. The AFC, you know, to me, there's really not – New England's defense is good, but when they go against a good passer like Burrow, they really struggle. So to me, I would go – I went the other way. Okay. Here, this is – we're mixing it up for number two on Palms pressing three. Number two, I'm looking forward to this. Just go ahead and run with it, Mike. Let me lay the rules down here. We're going to play speed round, Michael. I'm looking for one or two-word answers only. First, okay. who is the starting quarterback of the Rams next year? Matthew Stafford. Where does Tom Brady play next year? New Orleans. Is Bill Belichick coaching the Patriots next year? Yes. Where is Sean Payton coaching next year? New Orleans. Where is Derek Carr playing next year? Washington. Okay, let's go back and recap these. Let's have a little fun with this. Good job, Mike Palm. What stood out to you as the most surprising answer of the five you threw at Michael? Uh, well, the Brady answer makes sense with Peyton because, I mean, they're, they're tied together, right, if they're both going to end up uh, in New Orleans. Um I, I don't know if, if boy, I know the Raiders are going to cut Carr, right? They have three days after the Super Bowl uh, with the contract, so that'll be. I don't know. Well, I think what will happen with Carr is mm -hmm. if he wants to go somewhere and someone's interested, and, you know, he's going to have to get worked out a contract, and then it doesn't really behoove Carr to help the Raiders get a compensation, but it does behoove the team to have to avoid free agency, and he wants to go. He'd have to waive his no-trade clause. So, and, you know, I think – that that'll happen in February at the combine. I think you'll see a lot of that activity going on there. You know, as for Brady, the quarterback, I think obviously I don't. I wrote this in Visa. I don't think he's back at Tampa now. Whether he plays or not, I think New Orleans would be in play. I think there'll be a lot of teams in play. I think there'll be a lot of teams in play because Brady is the perfect bridge. You know, he's probably a one-year player. You bring him in. You still have to get a quarterback, but you can be competitive with him there. And it allows you to kind to, but I don't think Brady's going anywhere unless he really knows what the offense is and who's calling the plays and running the offense. So that limits the candidates down fairly slow. Would it be the Raiders? Could be. I mean, he loves Josh, him. Josh McDaniels are very close. For all the people that hate Josh McDaniels, they should talk to Brady. 
You know, and so, you know, with that being Sean Payton, yeah, I think there's mutual respect there. Would he go and show up at San Francisco because they want to bridge a guy for – they don't want to bring Garoppolo? Maybe. You know, would he go to Arizona? No. Just a quick follow-up. Do you think Do you think Sean Payton has contacted Dennis Allen just to let him know that he's coming, taking his job back? Do you think he's let him know that yet? Well, Michael? I think what people – people don't follow through with this, right? So, like – Sean Payton isn't a free agent. You have to go through New Orleans to get his rights. And maybe with a year off, he's decided to go back there. He's looked over the landscape. He knows Mickey He knows Mickey Loomis. He knows Jeff Ireland. He's comfortable. Maybe he goes back. And I'm sure Dennis Allen probably will say, hey, look, George Hallis did it all the time, Patrick. He would go up to the, you know, he's, he owned the team. He would coach for a couple of years. Okay, no, I'm done. I'm going to let you have these three losing seasons here. I'm coming back. Once you get the team turnaround, I'll be back. It's like when Shashevsky <laughs> pinned the 16 losses that's on right. Pete Gaudet. That's, that's exactly right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Didn't take those losses on his own no, record. No, that that's the coach only K's. school that's ever done that. It's, it's that's incredible. classic Coach K. Yeah. All right. Love the speed round. Yeah. Let's continue. Number three, Palms pressing three. Michael, if we rewind back to last season's draft, we had people like Lewis Riddick, among others, shouting from the rooftops that Malik Willis was underdrafted should have been the first quarterback taken, even hinted at agendas outside of football for the reason he got picked where he was picked. At this point, does Willis even resemble someone who should or will ever play NFL quarterback again? They're not even starting in tonight in an exhibition game. And do we ever go back and evaluate the evaluators who had high draft grades on a total flop like Willis or others? As a general manager, would you put a star next to any evaluator's name who rated someone like Willis that highly to make sure you disregard their future opinions? I would definitely do it. I evaluate the evaluator. When you're wrong that bad, when you're and Riddick has been wrong on quarterbacks before. So, you know, he's been, you know, Jared Goff was the greatest quarterback ever to play. Remember that? Now, he's played a lot, a little bit better now, but still, I'm not sure you can win everything there. Uh, and so, Willis, when you miss like this, how would you even send them back on the road? That's the problem with, with personnel. There's too many guys giving opinions, and you're getting wrong opinions. You have too many people involved in the process. Too many people don't know what a quarterback looks like. Anybody who's going to tell you that Malik Willis is going to be a, a t- should have been the first pick of the draft doesn't know anything about football. Just like people telling me that Justin Fields is going to lead his team and be the MVP. Justin Fields is a running back playing quarterback. Can they run the six-back offense around him? Maybe. Maybe. But when he has to throw the ball like he did against Detroit in the fourth quarter, it's not pretty, like he's done a lot of the teams. But this isn't about any agenda other than what we're seeing on the field. There really isn't any other agenda other than what we see. But when you make that many mistakes and the network still puts you on, they must think we have amnesia. (laughs) <laughs> well put well put palms pressing three a hit yet again patrick can uh, i follow up the question no, one please. real quick real quick you know you talked about detroit if detroit is a seven and minnesota's the two and that's the wild card matchup what's the number on that game remember detroit a two and a half point favorite right. at home against minnesota Right, and, and when they went up there, they, they won 28-24, and Campbell messed that game yeah. up the last time they played. Now, when they came back to Detroit, that kind of game got a little that, – that score is not indicative of really what that game was. I would say Minnesota's an under-field goal favorite there. I think that would be a hell of a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be entertaining, right? Both. See, here's the thing about the NFC is, like, Minnesota's making the – play. their defense isn't good either. 
Their defense isn't good either. Like, where are the good the good defenses? You know, we think Dallas is a good defense. They gave up four. I mean, Baker. I mean, excuse me, Gardner Minshew carved them up. Op- opening I mean, like, op- opening Sunday night, Dallas couldn't move the ball at all against Tampa. Remember that, and that's your likely five four matchup. That's right. Thirteen and a that's half. That's right. Thirteen and a half with Dallas, Tennessee, uh, and its total is forty. Are they betting it there at Circa? Oh yeah, they're betting Tennessee. They, t- they they're gobbling up thirteen and thirteen and a half. So that's the big decision you, for us. No no action on the total. Do you think Michael? somebody will tease it up from thirteen to almost twenty? Oh, that's what we had. That's a big, the only chance you would get. We, we had a big uh, first leg of a teaser, twenty and a half. Yes, sir. Plus twenty and a half. <laughs> Michael, just to restate, you like three first quarter with Dallas. Lay it. Yeah, that's about, that would be the only thing I would recommend. Okay. Mike Palm, great job. And good luck with the family. Awesome job, home Mike. Safely. Thank Thanks. You. Good Thanks luck getting your family back. Thanks for 2022, gentlemen. Yeah, you, you too. Thank you, you as well. We appreciate having you. Mike, Michael, uh, enjoy the game tonight. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Thank you very much. Thank you, Patrick. Big Bets Thank is you, coming Elliot. up next here on VSIN. Good job, Elliot. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.